the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What an absolute treat. Feel the hype, spread the hype, etc. Uh, straight off the bat, I know. I plugged a huge announcement last week, one of the great announcements, um, massive announcement, and you better believe I'm delaying said announcement. Um, just a few logistical uh, things that are going down, um, protocols, systems, um, you know, synergy, more corporate words, and uh, but huge announcement coming next week, I would say. I was ready to make it today, but I want to I wanna do it properly. So, um, big announcement next week. Big announcement next week. Corporate stuff. Corporate stuff, I'll say that. Um, but, and also something to plug, there's another stand-up clip on my YouTube page. Get around the YouTube. It's a good channel. It's a good channel. It's a bit, I'd say it's a more of an underground niche channel at this point in time. Uh, it's more sort of that, uh, I don't know what you'd call something when no one watches it, but that's what it is. But still, the content, the content, baby, I tell you what, it's not bad, it's not bad. Bit of stand-up on there, and uh, there's a video of me, it's not even stand-up, it's just me rinsing some bloke when I uh, opened for Lewis Spears. So some guy said he fucked my cousin. And Billy D uh, took exception to that, that's what I did, I took exception to him. I wouldn't call it stand-up, I would say it's me taking exception to a young pelican. And uh, yeah, so... Absolutely, uh, that's that's a fun video. Check that out. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Spread the hype. Because if you're feeling hype and you're not spreading it, have a look at yourself because you're the problem. And how many times do I have to say it? I won't say it again. But anyway, what the hell have I been up to? I've been out here living. Been out here living. Been on the road again. Went to Wollongong last Thursday. Do these... It's these 7 p. If I have to be out of Sydney for like a 7 p.m. show... It's just fucked because the traffic is just out of control. Took me two and a half hours to get down to Wollongong in my car. And look, love my Mazda Metro to death. Touch wood, the old girl keeps on ticking. But I would describe its aircon as poor to non-existent. Firstly, I've only just worked out how to use the aircon. I didn't know there was... I thought my car just didn't have any aircon at all. Like it had heating, but it didn't have cold. Um, and then Pat showed me there's actually a button after a press. I've had this car for like two years, never used the aircon, just blasting room temperature air back at myself for years. And uh, and then so I finally got aircon, but you know it's a it was a bit of a pipe dream because it's very spotty. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And that's how I would describe its performance on this trip to Wollongong. It was about 33 degrees outside the car. I'd call it a gentleman's 43 inside the car. Uh, also, uh, my iPhone cable to play podcasts on was like fucking up. So, tumultuous trip down to Wollongong, I would say. But I get down there and set this, uh, what was last Thursday? It was something, oh, it was Halloween. Halloween, actually, all right, let's touch on Halloween. It is, it is a different world out there from when I was a kid because when I was a kid, no one went trick-or-treating. You know, that was, that was a way... If you wanted to maybe get abducted or um, have some 16 to 17 year old kids just beat the shit out of you, you'd go trick or treating. But now I was driving to this gig, streets were filled. You know, it was a mass trick or treat, you know? There's always like the uh, the dad just trailing behind the kids with a beer. You know he took work off early. You know he didn't want to. You know his wife's going to love him for it. That's marriage. Compromise. Compromise. 
So with all this, I don't know, it's so American. I don't really get around it. Obviously, uh, it's good. it can be a good night out, the old Halloween. I went out Saturday night. I think some people were still dressed up. They were still doing the dress-ups. Um, did I dress up? I went to a Halloween house party, actually, on Thursday. I didn't dress up. I didn't dress up. But I just popped in for like 40 minutes. I think if you're there for less than an hour, it doesn't count as a real appearance, you know? It's like, what was Billy Darcy wearing? What, was Billy Darcy even here? Exactly. Exactly. Although everyone knew I was there because I'm such a fucking good party guest. God, I was mingling so much. Oh, why did I connect with so many people? Then they wouldn't have noticed I wasn't wearing a costume. But I don't know. How's this? My mate Freddie uh, calls me I, after this Wollongong gig. I pop into this house party. Freddie's like, yeah, mate. I, go, I don't think I'm going to come. Like, I've just been in the car for like five hours. And he's like, no, nah, come on, come on. And then I get to this party. And I go, hey, guys, where's Freddie? And they go, oh, he just left. Sweet. <laughs> hey, guys, just here to see my friend Freddie, who uh, was the one who insisted I come to this party, even though I didn't want to, due to fatigue. Oh, he's left? Awesome. That's the best. Cool, cool, cool. So basically, I, pull, I pulled into a party, but I really just basically at the end of the day stopped driving just to get mugged off by a close friend. And that's always a little treat on a Thursday when you think maybe I won't get mugged off, and then, and then yeah. So this was a new record for me. I was ditched at this party before I even arrived, really. It was a pre-ditching. It was like, Darcy's coming. Let's ditch him. So that was no good. And I forgave Freddie almost immediately. I saw him on the weekend. But now I'm thinking maybe I should have held more of a grudge, you know? Ah, it's gone now. Fuck. But yeah, Halloween. I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it's not really for me, but I think that's this. the world's just going this way. So we're just getting more and more American. As long as the uh, cops don't start gunning down people, I'm happy to let a little bit of America in, you know? You know, I'm pretty loud already. Bit of Halloween. Cops keep their guns away. I'm me in the middle. How's that? So I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of Halloween, but I don't mind it. Obviously, you got girls dressed as absolute whores, and uh, look, that's just the world we live in, okay? I'm not against it. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I love how all these guys are like, uh, oh, you know, these girls, if they're a nurse, they're a slutty nurse. If they're, they're a thing, they're a slutty thing. It's like, I don't know, isn't, you ever been to a music festival? It's not like they're all wearing burkas and then this one night of the year we see a bit of skin. Switch on, lads, okay? There's thoughts everywhere. So if, if you know, if, they, if these young women want to get a bit creative on October 31st, I'm all for it, you know? You want to, I, I like seeing, I like seeing the creativity in slutting up an otherwise unslutty outfit, you know? I'm an airline pilot. Well, I don't remember the last time I got on a Qantas flight and the pilot had a, had a see-through bra on with one of these jumpsuits that has the chest cut out. I don't know if that's a new uniform that Qantas is pushing, but I didn't see it. So it's, it's honestly, it's creative. It's fun. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. But, uh. Because I, I tell you what, I get around the girls, let's be honest, guys don't give a fuck about dressing up. They just don't. I don't. I never have. Guys aren't really that into it. Girls absolutely love it. But I, li I like the girls to get creative, like, well, you know, be, be a thing. Like, I don't know, what do people dress up as? A couple of girls I, um, I know were uh, the Scooby-Doo gang at this house party. Loved it. Loved it. But some girls are just like, just wear like, like a tiny skirt a bra and then just will put like one bit of blood on their face 
Like, oh, like, I'm just like a, like a zombie whore. <laughs> it's like, just make the effort, girls, you know, make the effort. If you're going, if you're going for it, if you, if you, if, you know, if you're going to go as an undercover thought for Halloween, at least put a bit of effort in, you know? You can't just put blue contacts in and wear whatever the fuck you want, I think. But yeah, stuff like the Scooby-Doo gang, that's hilarious. So, Halloween, right on, right on, baby. Now, um, this gig in Wollongong. Speaking of girls, there's this, uh, so I did this gig in Wollongong. Um, I get down there, they said, free bar tab for comedians. Good. Good. Because I'm an artist and I deserve the best. So, I knew this would be a problem, but I did it anyway. I knew I knew it would have adverse consequences. So basically, I'm I'm doing like, the, there's an MC, a support, and a headliner. I'm doing like a 25-minute support spot. Now, basically, with comedy, you don't really want to be eating too much heavy stuff before you're on stage because you just feel heavy and slow. Your mind stops working a bit. But I knew that as soon as my gig was over, I wanted to get in my car and get the fuck out of Wollongong, right? So I go, it's only, it's like this James Squires pub, sickest pub, there's maybe like 150 people there, but it's like just an open pub. There's no like specific room for comedy and there's like kind of like a wall of poles in the middle. It wasn't the ideal setting. It was very noisy, very loud. And, uh, but you know, it was, it was all right. And, uh, I said, I said, there's one, there's this one uh, comedian down in Wollongong. I go, hey, Blake, mate, how are you? I haven't seen you ages. This should be a fun gig. And this guy, this guy's so intense about comedy. He goes, yeah, mate, sound system in there is of high quality. A lot of people here who have come to see comedy, mate, a lot of keen punters. I know it's not the most ideal pub setting, but any comedian worth his salt should do well tonight. And I go, Jesus Christ. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> I'll do a good job. You just need to calm down. <laughs> I just said, hello, how are you? So this guy's freaking out, and uh, I go up, go up and do this. Uh, oh yeah, so you know you want to you want to feel light on your feet up there, you know. You want to maybe you know I want to be eating like an hour and a half to two hours before I get on stage. But I got home from work at four, jumped straight in the car, got to Wollongong six thirty. Show starts, I think seven. So I go all right. I go to the I go to the bar. I was starving, absolutely starving. I get I get the palmy. Was that a mistake? It was. It was pretty much the worst thing I could have ordered. I panicked, okay? They said, what do you want? And I said, I don't know who I am. And she said, how about a palmy? And I said, that would be fantastic. So I'm literally powering through this palmy and uh, just finished the last bite as they're like, Billy Darcy, uh, welcome to the stage, Billy Darcy. I just waddle on stage, just filled to the brim with chicken parmigiana. And uh, it was it was a poor move. I felt... I felt lethargic up there lethargic but anyway so i get up there and there's now i'm doing 20 minutes in this pretty loud pub i'm thinking this could be a bit of a bumpy ride for the big fella but so but i get up there looking right the mc did a good job and then this table in the front is ordering it's like table service but they're so loud they're just so loud like i can't even hear myself think at this point i'm doing my open up but i'm like looking at them and looking back at the crowd and I just literally, you don't want to be a dick one minute into your 20 minutes because then everyone won't like you and you're going to bomb for the next 19 minutes. But I, I had to say something because I couldn't, I couldn't hear myself think. And uh, they were being so loud. She was like, and how much is the steak? And if I get the salad, what sort of stuff's in the salad? Like just screaming at this waitress who's like a centimeter away from her. I go, can you ask just, 
just quiet down a bit. And then, uh, and that's, that's the thing. And then I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. You know? And then, so I've kind of like been a little mean to her. Not really, but I'm just like, can you, like, I just can't hear myself thinking. And then I'm like, nah, round of applause for these guys. Legends just getting their food in, like, whatever. Kind of halted my momentum a bit. But, um, then it was going well. And then it wasn't really going that well. And then it was going well again. And then it wasn't going that well. And then I was doing this joke I've got, um, about messaging girls on Instagram, right? Very on brand for Billy Darcy. All right. This is, uh, you know, you know me, I love, I love women and I love comedy. I thought, well, why don't I combine the two in this hot piece right here? So I'm doing this joke and this girl in, in the front, there's these two like hot chicks near the front and they start laughing. They're like talking to each other and I go, oh, what's going on here? And, she, and they go, we've got a funny story for you. I go, well, it's not really a, a share your own adventure type night, you know, I, you know, like that. And, uh, and they're like, no, no, like this is funny. I go, all right, what is it? And they go, because I was doing this message about just DMing chicks on Instagram. And then, and she goes, yeah, I, I DM'd you, you up once on your Facebook page. And I go, ah, I do actually remember this. This chick said you up and I just replied, no, because I'm the man. <laughs> no, um, I don't even know. Uh, what do you even say to that? But this, so that was so funny. So I'm doing this joke about uh, DMing people on the, on the gram. This chick's given me the same treatment like a year ago. Couldn't believe it. And uh, and so we had a good laugh about that. That was a bit of fun. And uh, and that was really, that 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 got the that got me back going again. So now I'm like getting some good laughs, having a bit of fun with that. It's all happening. It's all happening. So we got we got a dedicated Billy Darcy fan in the in the show. Love to see it. Love to see it. And she was extremely attractive. If I might if I may say so myself. So then uh, do the rest of that gig. Um, Rip on the loud chick a bit more because now I've got this hot chick on my side. I'm pretty much undefeatable. So in the break, I go and talk to this girl and uh, I go, hey, how are you going? And I do, I do remember her actually messaging me this. I was on the couch and I was like, got this message, you up. And I was like, huh, what about this, hey? What about this? Comedy. What a time to be alive. And, uh, but I also remember it because it was like 1 p.m. And I was like, that's a, that's a bizarre, of course I'm up. It's 1 p.m. So, and I, but she, turns out she was like in Mykonos when she messaged me or something, whatever. But I go, I go, oh man, full, full circle, full circle. I think I can't remember her name, but, uh, I go, oh my God, it's full circle. What a, what a time to be alive. And she's like, and I go, oh, well, I guess maybe you've, uh, you've dated every bloke in Wollongong and now, uh, now blokes in Sydney are popping back up on your radar. And she's like, what? And I go, whoops, <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I didn't mean like you've dated every bloke in Wollongong. I just mean, you know. I don't know what I meant. And that was just a terrible thing to say. Kind of blew it a bit, but that's okay. That's okay. And uh, we were going to maybe get a drink on Saturday night, but um, but we didn't. And that's completely fine. And will I ever see her again? No, because she lives in Wollongong. Is it too far? It's so far. Way too far. So, so that was that bit of romance on a Thursday. Not mad at that at all. Not mad at that at all. But yeah, and then uh, did some gigs over the weekend at uh, Happy Endings Comedy Club in the in Kings Cross, the Golden Mile. What a time! What a time! Um, the gigs were good. The gigs were good. I had a weird thing where Friday night. So the way the Happy Endings gigs work is there's like three support spots unpaid. Then there's one that's paid. I, I'm doing. I now get to do the one that's paid. 
doing that for a while. And uh, so I just wanted to do a really good job on Friday because like, I feel like it's like disrespectful to the unpaid acts if you just like fuck around and try new gear and you're the only one getting paid. So I had like one beer after work and I thought, oh no, let me, let me stay sober. Let me stay in the pocket for this one, you know, do a good job. And uh, I went well, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't really, the set went well. It was, it was a good, it was a good, uh, good show, but I wasn't really, it wasn't, I just wasn't really a hundred percent connected with the audience I felt. And I didn't, yeah, it was just, I was just uh, like a beat off and I, st- I flubbed a few words and yeah, like I did a good job, but I, 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 like I wouldn't have changed anything, but I just was a half a beat off. I don't know what was happening. But then the next night, I have like six beers in the afternoon, roll into this gig and just fucking melt it, you know? So I don't know what that's about. You can't like, it's better, it's best to be stone cold sober doing comedy, I believe. But sometimes you have four, five, six beers, not more than that, not more than that, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, you can get in like just this real relaxed in the zone spot. And that's where I found myself on Saturday night. I had a great gig. And, uh, man, what a time to be alive. I called up, uh, I was desperately trying to not go out on Saturday night to save my money for um, Sunday and then Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. Today. I'm recording this on Melbourne Cup Day. And uh, But then I had about six beers uh, and I had a really good set of this gig. And I was like, you know, you start... Yeah, the shoulders just loosen up a bit. The shoulders just loosen up. And I called Pat Doherty up. I said, where are you? He said, I'm at this house party. Went to this house party with all these people. Unreal. Uh, they're all like like young professionals. The amount of cocaine flying around this party was something I've not seen before. These guys were really living it up. Really living it up. And uh, I think one of them had just bought a house. So that's, that's impressive. That's impressive. But... Uh, yeah, so I went to the house party, went out afterwards, and uh, I, I don't even know, what, what do we, we went to a couple of pubs, and I ended up spending quite a bit of money, but it was pretty fun, I met, met a couple of, uh, some cool people, ran into a few more comedians out there as well, love hanging out with comedians, and I don't know, I just got, I got, I got too drunk Saturday night, I got too drunk, and I went back to this girl's place in Surrey Hills, and she goes... I was, I was so drunk, I forgot I was even trying to get with this girl. Like, uh, to, I, by the time I got back to her place, I was like, I simply must go to bed. I'm out to lunch. And, uh, and and she goes, oh, Billy, I'll show you my room. And I go, okay. And yeah, I was so drunk, I forgot I was even uh, trying to get with this girl. So I'm like, why the hell would she show me her bedroom? I'm like, I don't, what if you want to show me the decor or something? And I walk in this girl's bedroom. She gets on the bed and I, I just look around and I go... Look, I, look, it's a, it's a beautiful room. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's. It, I said, oh, it's. I said, awesome room. What a great house. She's got this sick pad in Surrey Hills. So I go, this is sick room. You're right. This is awesome. And I just turned around and went and slept on the couch. And then, and I was just like, what is like? I was just got too drunk. And uh. And and yeah, it was just absolute calamity from Billy Darcy. That's strikeout city. Sometimes you got to strike yourself out. I think. Sometimes you turn into such a pelican, you got to strike yourself out. So yeah, it was a beautiful room though. It was a really nice room. A lot of nice pillows, I would say. But then uh, Sunday, we do my favorite thing in the whole world. And that is go and watch amateur cricket and get hammered. And it's just it's just as good as it gets. It really is. Um, watched, uh, I watched a game. I uh, watched my club, Manly, play North Sydney. 
They won by just a million runs. It was just, it wasn't the best game. But it was a lot of fun. Met this bloke, James Leary, who actually listens to the podcast. I think his name's James. His last name's definitely Leary. He's a legend. And, uh, I mean, these blokes, they, uh, they, these blokes were losing their minds. I get that they're all got like, there's like four cases of cruises and like watermelon Summersbees. I took the, I took that, that, uh, that moment to just look down on them and spray them a little bit. Um, and it was a fun day. Went out, went out Sunday night, uh, for a mate's birthday. Did a bit of stand up at my mate's birthday. Uh, what would you call it? Birthday lunch, I guess. So I went to the cricket all day, then got an Uber to my mate Jack's place. How's this? So I'm ordering these Ubers and like, it's saying it's picked me up when it hasn't. So like, it's saying, oh, like pick, uh, picked up like now, like it's going to my destination. I'm not in the Uber. So I cancel that one. That was $45 Uber. So I cancel that. Uh, it charged me 45 bucks. I go, I go, what the f do it again. It does the same shit again. I cancel it again. 45 bucks gone. So I'm just sitting at this bus stop in North Sydney. I've just lost $90 in seven minutes. You know, and I don't have much money left for the... Because I spent it all on Saturday night. So I just go, oh, well, there goes 90 sheets, you know. Ridiculous. And now I'm getting this, uh, getting to this party. And uh, we, had, we had a really fun night out on Sunday, actually. It was really good. But I tell you, I went to this pie shop and I'd got genuine food poisoning from this pie shop before. From this chicken curry pie. I'm such an idiot. I walk straight back in the same pie shop and order the chicken curry again. I go, one chicken curry, please. And my mate Adam's like, what are you doing? That almost killed you last time. I go, fuck. I completely forgot. So I'm eating this chicken curry pie again. And it's just like, just, just an idiot, you know? Just a, just a dumb person. Me. So yeah, that was the weekend. And uh, I was so hungover yesterday. Too hungover. Just not productive, you know? But, uh, I don't know. Didn't mind it. Did a gig at the Quidgy Bay Hotel last night. Pretty fun. Pretty fucking fun. So what else we got here? Um, so we got... Oh, yeah, here we go. All right. So it's Melbourne Cup Day, right? It's actually started to rain here. So I'd imagine that would be pretty poor for atmosphere today at the pubs and or clubs. Now, Melbourne Cup, this whole nup to the cup thing, I get it. Firstly, I first, so it's basically people want to ban the Melbourne Cup um, because uh, horses die in it every year. And I can totally get around that. Horses are majestic as shit. If you hear a guy say, oh, who cares if a horse dies, lock that bloke up. All right? Horses are the most aesthetic animal on the planet. They're just, just, oh my God, they, they jump on, on the back of a horse. Next stop, your dreams, you know? You ride a horse and go meet a girl, automatically she's the love of your life. That's how horses work. Work. They're magical animals, okay? And if some bloke in a tarot cash shirt wants to tell you that he doesn't care, maybe we should put him down, okay? Horses are just unbelievable animals. They're probably my favorite animal. And the fact they're dying for a, a race, the fact they're dying while carrying these miniature humans as well, I shudder to think what would happen if we had a, a regulation-sized human on this thing. Scares the shit out of me. But these horses, they're, they're, they're beautiful creatures. I love them to death. But I would assume if horses are dying in the Melbourne Cup, they must be dying in every race, like all the races. Maybe because the Melbourne Cup is a bit longer. But I would assume horses are dying just year-round in horse racing. But it only comes up for the Melbourne Cup. So I don't think, like, 
I don't think they'll ever be able to ban horse racing because there's so much money in it. They couldn't even ban greyhound racing and no one goes to that. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't even ban greyhound racing and it's like barely a thing. Like, nobody really gets around it. It's just like, everyone's like, oh, whatever. And, and they still couldn't even ban that. There's just, it's just the amount of money in gambling is just unbelievable. But yeah, so it always comes up in Melbourne Cup. I, yeah, I'll assume it's just year-round horses dropping off, which does make me sad. It does make me sad. But so I don't know. I don't think they'll ever be able to ban it because like the gambling companies have so much money and there's so much money in the day. There was that Everest race the other week in Sydney. $10 million was the prize or the total amount of money uh, up for grabs in the race. So I don't know what they're going to do. But it's just a weird thing where like it's it's bad, but also like I don't know what to do about it. And I don't, I don't like it when people are like, if you like get around the Melbourne Cup, like you're, you're a piece of shit, you're supporting the horses dying. It's like, I, I love horses. I love horses. I don't want any horses to die. I don't, I don't go out to the races for Melbourne Cup anymore. I used to. Um... If I'm being honest, I just stopped going because it was so expensive. But uh, I don't know. Like, if I, I feel like I don't want to feel like a piece of shit for going and having like you know a few beers at the pub with my mates. You know, like you know, no, fair play, up to the cup. No horses should die. We've got to fix this. We can't keep losing these beautiful animals. But I think you should be able to go to the pub. Like it's a public holiday in Melbourne. If it's a public holiday and you go to the pub with your mates and have ten schooners. And have a good time. You know, I think that's okay. I don't think we should, um, I don't think we should just like, just rip on everyone who get, who, you know, celebrates the day. I don't know. Fair play if like, you're in the beer garden, some guy walks a horse in and then just slits his throat. I mean, nup to that guy. Nup to that guy for sure. And nup to these horses dying in the, uh, dying in the cup. We've got to fix it. But I don't really know. I don't know what to, I don't know how they're going to do it. The government will never stop the cup. There's way too much money. So I don't know if there's a way we could maybe make the make the race safer, even smaller jockeys perhaps, if that's possible. Should we just load up genuine seven-year-olds and chuck them on the back of these things? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers, but I, yeah, I think if I think if you're just going to the pub and having a fun time with your friends, as long as you're not maybe you know racially vilifying anyone in the beer garden or anything like that, but uh, as long as you're just having an innocent time, not killing any horses personally. I mean that's. Nothing, nothing much more you can do to it, really. You get around these protests, I suppose, but I don't know what they're going to do with this Melbourne Cup thing. They're never going to ban it, so I don't know. Maybe they could remake the Farlap movie and that could get some more goodwill around horse racing, but I don't know. Because I would assume the horse trainers don't like the horses dying either. They love horses more than anyone. Even more than me, and I love horses. So I don't know, it's a weird one. It's a tough one. Got it. Like, got to stop it. Realistically, it's never going to stop. I don't know. I mean, the government's got freaking eight-year-old kids in jail cells on an island. You think you think they care about Farlap getting a nosebleed? They don't. <laughs> they straight up don't care. So I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen with the Melbourne Cup in the next few years. But let's let's have less horses dying. Let's just kill off a few punters. I reckon there's some genuine scum out of the races. Maybe for every horse that dies, we got to gun down 10 punters. Let's see who wants to have a bet then, lads, hey? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But yeah, so, nup to the cup. It's getting stronger every year, so I don't know what's going to happen. Especially, maybe I'm in a bit of a little, uh, 
sort of echo chamber type situation because uh, all my comedian friends are extremely progressive. And I don't think it's even progressive to say I don't want horses to die. I think that's just being a, a, a gentleman and a scholar. But yeah, so my Instagram and Facebook is just absolutely fed, filled to the brim with nup to the cup. And I don't, I don't know what's... It, it appears to still be getting more popular every year. So I don't know what they're going to do about it. But it'll be interesting to see over the next few years. But uh, I, want, I want to say this as well. Um, what else do we have? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my, one of my notes from the weekend is that girl who had a boyfriend in Melbourne. Boo. So I'm guessing I was mugged off by a girl who had a boyfriend in Melbourne. So I don't know. I think that's probably probably a good choice from her. Um, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah. So, oh, so Sunday morning, I got I got to this um the servo on the way to this career game, and I'm just looking at some like ten dollars sunglasses, um because I went straight from this girl's place out to North Sydney uh, Oval, and I'm looking at these sunglasses and uh like just some ten dollars ones, and the 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 servo guy comes over, not heaps of English for him, and uh, he starts like um like personally selling me these sunglasses. I just need to fix the camera. Ugh. So he's personally selling me these sunglasses, right? And uh, so he's like going, oh, maybe, firstly, he barely speaks English. Uh, and he goes, oh, maybe maybe these ones. And, and I'm trying them on. Now, by the way, I was, just, I was casually perusing these sunglasses. I didn't, I didn't think I was actually going to buy them. So now he's handing me like aviators. He's like, oh, Top Gun, Top Gun. I go, okay. And, uh, and like... He's literally, he's going, I have more out the back if you want more. Uh, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this, what is this guy? What sort of commission is this bloke on for these sunglasses, you know? There's people waiting to pay for their petrol and he's just mugging them off. You know, he's like, what about the Ray-Bans? What about the Ray-Bans? I go, oh, the Ray-Bans are nice. Ray-Bans are nice. They're, these are the worst sunglasses I've ever seen, by the way. They're all like novelty, like they're all different shades of a fluoro color. They're the worst sunnies. And then by the end I go, I go, oh, no money, no money can't buy, and he's like, oh, no, 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 all good, all good, like, and then I ended up just buying the worst sunglasses you've ever seen, I picked him in the bin as soon as I left, I was like, these suck, but I tell you what, I think that guy made, I reckon maybe he's, like, pulled those sunnies off, like, the back of a truck, and he's making, like, 100% of the money, I don't know what was going on, this guy stood with me for 10 minutes helping me try on sunglasses, and he was the worst, uh, he was the worst guy to do it with, because every single pair I, I put on, he was like, oh, beautiful, beautiful, I'm like, well, there's no barometer here, mate. If I look beautiful in every pair, which one should I get? I think he thought in his head, if he if, if he said I look beautiful in all of them, I would then buy all of them. So I don't know, I don't know what he was thinking. But as this, my roommate uh, on Sunday didn't come to the cricket or my mate's birthday because um, such a mug off from him because my mate Jack goes, I'm having a big birthday uh birthday lunch, uh we'll have the UFC on. And my mate goes, uh, my roommate goes, oh, I can't come. I'm watching the UFC. And it's like, well, the UFC is on at the birthday thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm having friends over. So my roommate Mac is having all these friends over to UFC. He's having like maybe 15 blokes around. And uh, he's all pumped up. He loves the UFC. Absolutely loves it. And uh, anyway, so I call, I, I said, are you still going to come out with us after? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and the lads will come down after, um, after the big UFC day. He's got like 15 blokes confirmed coming. Anyway, I call, I call him up uh, around seven. I said, are you still coming down? And he goes, oh, I fell asleep on the couch. I go, you fell asleep on the couch? With, 
at a big, big party. That's weird. Anyway, the next day I go, mate, why didn't you come down? And he goes, well, uh, <laughs> not a single bloke turned up to his UFC party. Dude, 15 people were supposed to come. He bought all this like beers and chips and dip. Not a single bloke came. And it has this, they mugged him off even further by a couple of the lads in like the, in um, texted him personally saying, do you have a streaming link for the UFC? And my roommate's like, yeah, yeah, I've got it on at my place, remember? You, you were going to come around. He's like, oh yeah, no, I'm not coming around anymore. I'm just going to watch it somewhere else. So then my mate's giving, my roommate's giving them all the streaming links to fucking watch this UFC even though they've just mugged him off. So good. So, so Macca just had 10 beers on the couch by himself and passed out. Dude, that's a party. That is a party, my friends. But it's so good. Now, um, I'll tell you what I want to talk about next. Get around it. Get around then, this section. As we know, we love it. I don't want to be ripping on stuff too much. So we have a positive section called get around them. Get around him, get around her. Uh, get around your preferred pronoun. <laughs> Um, what was I talking about? I've completely forgot it. That's right. Okay. So me and my roommate, Mac, have been rewatching Kath and Kim recently. And I just want to say this show is unbelievably good. Like when I was a kid, I watched a bit of it, but I didn't really get it. There's all these subtleties to it. You need to, I think you need to be an adult to get like, it's so good. It's just, it's got to be like the best Australian TV show of all time. It simply must be. I'm thinking like, what else is there? McLeod's Daughters was great as well, although that went off the off the Richter, as we know. Kath and Kim is so funny and so well written, and it's written and created and starred in by the two uh, the two main girls, uh, Gina Riley and uh, Sarah Turner, I think. I can't remember their names specifically, but it's got to be the best show of all time. The writing is phenomenal, right? And like, it's like such a time capsule to Australia in that time. Like this episode I watched the other day, Mark Holden was in it. Remember when people gave a fuck about Mark Holden? And like he, uh, what, what episode Kel got in a fight with, um, with I think Vince Colosimo or someone? Like just all these like niche Australian celebrities. So good. No, it was Eric Banner. He got in a fight with Eric Banner. So funny. And like Kel, Kel's a butcher, but he calls himself a purveyor of fine meats. And it's just, it's, it's so well written. But I'm just thinking, why have these women not made more shows? I don't know if they're working behind the scenes on other stuff. And also, how are they not like the two most famous people in Australia? They've literally, it's, it's such a good show. It's unbelievable. And, and like, there's this one episode where like, uh, oh my God, it's, it's just, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't I just, it's so funny. And like uh, Peter Rawthorne, who plays, uh, plays Kath's uh, or Kim's husband, I should say, he's like, <laughs> He's so good. Like, he just puts up with Kim the whole time, but he's like, he's like a pants man. So he just, he cheats on her like four times throughout the show. Mick Malloy plays uh, Kat's husband. Like, Mick Malloy. What a throwback, you know? I saw Mick Malloy once at a pub. He actually looked very sad. He was drinking by himself. I think maybe he's not that honey, that, that, uh, that happy as a person. Or maybe I caught him on a sad day. But Kat and Kim, it's just, it's fucking unbelievable. Like, all the, um, it's basically like going to your Nan and Pop's house for half an hour. Like all the, all like the, um, the clothes they wear, like they're drinking like Passiona and stuff. One episode, uh, Kath volunteers at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so good. And, uh, you know, like it's just, it's so well written and it honestly just intimidates me 
like I'm watching this show and I'm thinking, I don't think I could ever write anything like this, like to this caliber, you know? But so I'm desperate for the creators of Kath and Kim. Maybe I should start a petition actually to have the creators of Kath and Kim create something more. Or I think they did a return series, but just create like a, like a 2019 sort of updated version of Australia. It doesn't have to be Kath and Kim, but they are just too talented to not be working. Oh, they must be rich to their gills, but they simply must create something more. Oh, Kel's so funny. He wins like a uh, local businessman of the year and just gets super arrogant. Just shit like that. Like it's, it's such like a microcosm, but it's like every Australian town really. It's fucking awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I don't know. Why do we have so much trash on Australian TV when there's so much, like so much talent in the industry? You know, like ABC is really the only uh, channel that sort of tries to make the effort with um, local stuff. Channel 10 and Channel 9 just do like reality stuff. There's so much talent that aren't getting any opportunities at all. Like in England, like they fully get around English TV and English movies. And people will probably, like Australian film, a lot of it is absolute trash. But there's so much good stuff as well, like Red Dog. Red Dog was great. My mum actually knew Red Dog, if you can believe that. She grew up in Caratha in West Australia. She knew Red Dog. Yeah, what is, what's your mum been up to? Because my mum knew Red Dog, all right? Me and my dad will come around and flog your dad. We're not afraid. We're not afraid to do it. But yeah, I wish they would just put more, more Australian stuff on TV. Because you got, I don't know, you got to take a chance on stuff. Otherwise, you know, what if, what if some, nobody, uh, what if somebody never took that chance on Kath and Kim? You know, what if, what if we never had Kath and Kim? What a shame that would be. You know, we've got to take a chance on more, um, more Australian TV and movies, I reckon. So I don't know. I don't know. But Kath, Kath and Kim, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I think I have one more thing I want to talk about. Oh yeah, this is, this is funny. So how's this? A mate of mine works at this insurance company. How's this? A bloke at his work wore a KKK outfit for Halloween to the office. You cannot make this shit up. You cannot make this shit up. Now, apparently the guy is half black. So I don't know. I don't know if that changes anything. Probably not. I don't think there's really, I don't think there's much of a context where you can wear a KKK outfit. And, well, actually, I'm half black. So that's a free pass. <laughs> but um, so then he got in trouble with the HR department. And my mate who works there is Blood Jake. He's like, Bill, can you believe it, mate? Uh, mate, Damo got done for the KKK outfit. I was pissing myself, mate. Can you believe it? What what the hell's going on? And I go, no, I can totally believe it. I can to- I, I can't believe he wasn't pulled up immediately on entry. You can't wear a KKK outfit to a corporate office job. Okay, you just can't do it. It's like like how low is your bar for for what's acceptable? <laughs> Dude, I can't believe it. I uh, I tried to uh, I tried to set up an internment camp in the uh, in the lunchroom and uh, HR pulled me up on it. Couldn't believe it. I tried to uh, <laughs> I tried to hold an anti-Jew rally in the uh, in the break room and uh, HR just kicked up a fuss. Twenty nineteen, mate. When will it end? When will it end? You know. <laughs> I wish I could have been there when the HR called him in and it, and this guy goes in the KKK guy. I guess I think it was the next day they pulled him up. 
so he didn't have it on and they go obviously uh Damo mate uh we're gonna give you a formal warning for what happened yesterday and he's like uh oh is this about me borrowing Jenny's pens without asking no 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 oh is this about um is this about me not CCing in uh the boss on communications throughout the office no it's not about that uh okay okay is it because I ate uh Jim's lunch the other day no it's not about that either um Damo it's actually about you wearing a KKK outfit yesterday. And, he, and he's like, no. Really? Are you sure it's not about the pens? No, it's definitely not about the pens, Damo. It's definitely not about the pens, okay? You should stop stealing the pens, but also that's that's a separate thing, okay? Wow. So the KKK outfit, okay. Anything in particular about it uh, that wasn't acceptable? Pretty much all of it, Damo. Pretty much all of it. Um, we know you're half black and uh, and look... Nah, it's still a no from us. It's still a no from us. Um, as you know, we're a very diverse office. And uh, look, I don't want to sort of pile on, but obviously you did you did try and start that internment camp the other week in the break rooms. And this sort of feels like more of the same, if we're being honest. So it's going to be a formal warning. It's going to be a formal warning. And, uh, and I would say just as a general rule, just stay away from, uh, from sort of stuff that's uh, involved with racial hatred. If you can, if you can. Hey, we want everyone to be themselves here. We do. We really do. And we love the energy you bring to the office. But I feel like the KKK, I think it was, I think it was, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, came from a good place, but missed the mark just slightly, just missed the mark. And, and I was like, okay, well, I feel completely blindsided by this. Um, I'm really, I'm really not sure what, uh, well, okay. Well, anyway. Thanks for the heads up, guys. All you can do is your best. All you can do is your best. Yeah, hey, Damon, that's why we love you, mate. You're always doing your best. This was a miss, but we know we're looking forward to what you're going to do next year for Halloween, hey? Hey? Let's stay away from the Nazi stuff, though. Okay, no Nazi stuff. No Nazi stuff. No worries. And, and I would love to see Damo just walking out, like, just shaking his head, like, didn't see that coming. <laughs> so good. The... the <laughs> Dude, the, the best part isn't the fact that he wore the KKK outfit. The best part is the fact that he was surprised when he got in trouble. Where do you even get a KKK outfit? He must have made it himself. Dude, imagine him at home sewing these white sheets together going, Oh, the lads are going to love this. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. Every office needs that bloke. Every office needs that bloke. Just the bloke where you, like, just to make everyone look better. You know, it's like, yeah, well, my report was a day late, but at least I'm not a Nazi. So good. I don't know if, I think, my mate Jacob works there, was like, but he's half black, he can still wear it. I go, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you what, you'd want to be, uh, you'd want to be uh, in pretty well with the company to pull off a KKK outfit. That's a hate, HR would have a field day with that. Apparently it's all the, it was all the, uh, my mate did say it was all the white people in the office that were blowing up about it. Man, these fucking whites, I'll tell you what. Can't have any fun anymore around white people, that's for sure. Dude, that's so funny. That just cracks me up. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh man. Oh, well that's a gentleman's 45. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Get around that YouTube clip. I'm thinking about maybe starting a petition to get the Kath and Kim creators to make something again. 
It was just, it was great. It was just such a great show. I don't know. I'll have to research and see if they actually, they might be like producing other stuff now that you just don't, like they might be doing more sort of behind the scenes. Maybe they're just rich and, uh, and cruising. I don't know. Peter uh, Routh, Routh Thorne, Rawthorne, uh, he, he, he still does stand-up. He still does stand-up. And uh, so, and he, I think he lives in Perth because he's always doing stand-up at the Comedy Lounge in Perth. But he's still really popular, sells out everywhere, so I'd love to work with him, actually. Oh, what an honor that would be. And actually, quick plug as well, this Christmas, speaking of great Australian TV, everyone should watch A Moody Christmas. I believe it's on Netflix. It's this six-episode um, Australian TV series about, um, it's so funny, it's so funny, and uh, it's, it's, every, it's six years, it's six Christmases. So every year is the next Christmas and it's just so well written and so well done. It's fucking hilarious. And it's like, same with Kath and Kim, like just really needles like Australian Christmas. Like it's so good. Um, Peter Brammel's in it, who is hilarious. But yeah, get around some Australian stuff. I'm feeling patriotic today, you know? So I don't know. And enjoy the Melbourne Cup. But for Christ's sake, don't slaughter any horses down at the pub, okay? Jesus. I had to, I, I had to pull up my mate this morning. He said... Uh, Mate, I'll meet you down at the pub uh, to watch watch the race. I just got to get my sword sharpened. I said, "What's the sword for?" He says, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, slay a stallion in the pokey room." I go, "You're gonna slay a, a horse?" He goes, "Yeah, it's Melbourne Cup, man. That's what we do. We, we fucking kill horses." And I go, "Jimmy, no, don't do that." And he said, "Oh, you're right. You're right." And I think it's those little conversations that uh, you know, that you, we can really make a difference. But yeah, so we gotta stop. We gotta we gotta save these bloody horses. But I don't know how we're gonna do it, because if if the horse trainers don't care, I mean they love horses more than anyone. So if they're if they're happy to risk it, I don't know what we're gonna do because there's so much money involved. But I don't know. So enjoy Melbourne Cup, but uh, I, I I don't know how to. I don't know what the ethics around it is. If you can still get fucked up, and as long as you're not hurting horses, in my book, enjoy your day. You know, have a have a margarita. It's a Tuesday. No rules. But anyway, so tell your friends. Oh, and get around that new clip on YouTube, actually. It's a good one. Me rinsing that bloke. So, yeah, thanking you. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.